0: 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith test yourselves do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified so we're going to have to examine ourselves and test ourselves to see whether we are in the faith and understand that Jesus Christ is in you unless you're disqualified now (laughs) I know that's controversial, but I didn't write that. The Apostle Paul wrote that, and you might as well just live with it, because it's a truth, whether we like it or not. You can be disqualified from having Jesus Christ in you, and that's why he says you better examine yourself or test yourself to see if you are in the faith, and when he says in the faith, of course, he's talking about in the faith of Christ Jesus. We've been looking at this, we started... Looking at the context, and I told you that chapter 13 was kind of stuck in there, right in the middle of the, of what the Holy Spirit was saying through Paul. And of course it's to our advantage to have chapter and verse because it makes it easier to find references. But sometimes for study, if you are stuck on chapter and verse and you don't look at the context, you could get the wrong impression or could get incomplete ideas. So you gotta go back to chapter 12. And you begin to understand, and I'm just going to look at verse 21, chapter 12, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many that have sinned before, and have not repented of the uncleanness, and some translations say impurity, and then the next word, fornication. The NIV says sexual sin, and other translations say sexual immorality. And lewdness, which is promiscuity or licentiousness, which they have practiced. Now notice he says they've sinned and they haven't repented of these things. And then he goes on to say in chapter 13, he says in verse 2, I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and now being absent, I write to those that have sinned before. So see, he's going back to the same message that he was teaching in the previous chapter. This is not a separate message. And I needed to point that out to you because when he tells you to examine yourself and to test yourself, whether you are in the faith, he's talking about checking yourself out that you are not in sin that you have not repented of. In other words, unrepented sin. Don't be in that. You stay in that and you keep practicing that and the time will come where you will be disqualified from having Christ Jesus in you. Now, this is what this is teaching, though some may fuss over it, some may not like it, Others will try to find some way around it, but there isn't a way around it. I mean, I've checked this out in just about every translation you can think of, and I also went back to the original Greek text, and there's just no way around this. If you go down here to verse 7, now this is verse 5, right? Examine yourselves, test yourselves, but verse 7, he says, I pray to God that you do no evil, but that you should do what is honorable, Now, this is important again because it points out to us that he's talking about evil in general and that we should do what is honorable. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19 says, The Lord knows those that are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, don't go around saying that you belong to him. And at the same time, you're practicing iniquity. He says, no, if you name the name of Christ, you should be departing from iniquity, not practicing it. And this is what Paul is pointing out. Now, let me point out something else here in verse 21 of chapter 12, when he says, many have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication and lewdness, which they have practiced. That word fornication, pornea in the Greek, means sexual immorality. And Thayer's Greek-English lexicon says that it means illicit sexual intercourse. And then he begins to give you a list of what he means. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, and he says, (laughs) etc. Because there's more to illicit sexual intercourse than that. There's also incest. There's a number of, of things that we could get into all of that. But it's important that you see that this is talking about all sexual immorality, and you've got to repent from it. With this in mind, and this in our thinking, again, you go back to Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, and remember that Paul was speaking to F- Governor Felix about the faith in Christ. Now, that's verse 24. Remember here it says, test yourself, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. And here in verse 24, Paul was teaching concerning the faith in Christ. Amen. Now, verse 25. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. It freaked Felix out. I mean, when he started talking concerning the faith in Christ, it wasn't some mealy mouth. That's a good Texas word. I used to live in Texas. It wasn't some Mickey Mouse, even though I like Mickey Mouse. Uh, but you know what I mean. Some weak form of the gospel. No, it was strong. It was powerful. The Holy Spirit brought great conviction upon this governor. What was it that he talked to him about? Righteousness self-control, and the judgment to come. I mean, these things are almost universally. I mean, I know there's some pastors that still preach on this stuff, but there's a lot of preachers and ministers that have gotten away from this. They don't talk to you about righteousness, not like Paul did. And they certainly don't talk to you about self-control. Some of them are even agreeing with lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual agenda. And they're even bringing it into their churches, all of this stuff. And of course, you know, we could talk about all the other illicit sexual sins, (laughs) like uh, fornication and adultery and so on and so forth. But what I'm trying to tell you is, Paul was real... He talked to, to him about judgment to come. You know, the judgment to come on one side has to do with standing before the white throne judgment seat of God, where he is going to, you know, all of the unrighteous and all of the unbelievers. Look at chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them. Now you need to understand this, that when people die now, without Christ and without God, they do go to Hades, or hell, a place of torment, but it's a holding cell. The time will come when death and Hades will deliver up their dead. All those that refused God and refused his gift in Christ that were sent to hell, that went to hell because of their refusal, will be delivered up and they will stand and be judged. It goes on to say, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now the lake of fire is forever. Hell is not. Hell is a temporary holding place. But it's going to give up all its dead and all the dead will be judged according to God's books. Revelation 21.8 But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, and now again, that's that word pernea and it includes... All the things that we already mentioned, it includes the homosexual, it includes the fornicator, the adulterer, the lesbian, those that have intercourse with animals, the incestuous, now, now people that, are, that have practiced this stuff. Now I'm not talking about if you've repented. Dear God, no. Because we've all sinned. And we've all come short of the glory of God. But if you've repented, the blood of Jesus has cleansed your sin and you're free. But if you haven't, and you die in that state, you're in trouble. It says, those that practice this stuff, look what it says. Sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second dead. Now, that's a forever thing. And that's this judgment that Paul presented to Governor Felix. And it made him afraid. One translation says he was filled with terror. Yeah. We began to speak about righteousness, and we saw that righteousness, first of all, is a gift where all your sins are washed away. When you came to the Lord Jesus and made him Lord over your life, received his Lordship over your life, and you can see that in different scriptures, but many have the idea that this gift means that you're righteous no matter how much you sin. Well, righteousness as a gift or God's grace in Christ can be interrupted in your life by sin and the practice of sin. Now, this is a shock to a lot of people, but it's Bible. That's why the Scripture says... Now, let's read it. We read it often because it's a marvelous gift and it's an important uh, blessing of the Lord. In verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Well, because sin and darkness, if you go back here, anything that's of the devil, evil, all of these things, wickedness, and all of these things that are contrary to God's word and his holy moral commandments, these things are unrighteousness, and they will mess up the righteousness that you have been credited with, unless you confess it, unless you get it out. So, that's why we need cleansing from all unrighteousness, because righteousness is affected by sin and that's why the scripture talks about living in righteousness 1 John chapter 2 verse 29 if you know that he is righteous and you better know that he never loses his righteousness you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him 1 John 2:29 now we go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7 little children let no one deceive you He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Now, get that straight. It's those that practice righteousness that are called righteous, not just those that receive the gift of Christ. You can receive the gift of Christ and mess it up by unrighteousness. This is extremely important, folks, that we get this right. And we're going to come back and look at this a little more in Jesus' name on the next podcast. Amen.